I am Elena DelVal, and this is the Hispanic Marketing and Public Relations, HispanicMPR.com podcast. My guest today is Francisco Serrano, who is CEO of 121. We will discuss why an agile leader is the key to success. Francisco, who is also President and Chief Speed Officer of 121, is a branding specialist with over 20 years of experience in mid to large-sized national and international organizations. He has worked primarily in corporate and product development, brand strategy, and brand architecture, packaging, as well as in video and web development. Prior to starting 121, Francisco works as the Director of Client Services at Alasraki, a leading advertising agency in Mexico. He also served in leadership roles at CNA, a European retail store conglomerate, where he headed communications management and new product development. Francisco has been a key player in international brand implementations for McCormick, Bayer, Heineken, Cadbury, OxyClean, Ferrero Rocher, and Hershey's, among others. He has worked in the launch strategy campaigns for Arby's, Lysol, and Airwick. Francisco, welcome. Oh, thank you very much for having me, Elena. When we say an agile leader, what are we talking about? What What do we mean by an agile leader? How is an agile leader different from just a leader? Well, uh, when when we talk about agile, uh, we think of uh, many many concepts out there, uh, but the the most important one that applies to to the what we're living now as a as a generation is the the way we respond to different situations and uh, how we react typically um the the way we respond is the way that others perceive how we can approach an issue whether it's personal or it's in business uh, if you're perceived as a as an agile individual or uh, an agile responder to to a need, um, it's it's something that can help your reputation as an individual, uh, either in the marketplace or as a, as a person. So the term agile, as as I believe that a leader should have, is is directly involved to answering fast to the need of of whoever you react to, either in in a personal way or in business. I don't know if it was clear. Is it just about speed or is there something deeper in terms of that term agile? No, it's it's everything. It's trying to solve a need. I mean from from the trivial day to day interactions with your with your, your family and your colleagues at work all the way to treating clients and, and managing difficult situations with your with your employees, right? It's uh, it's solving a need. It's, it's solving a void that that people are asking of you. And and the faster that you respond, the faster that you engage and and present feasible solutions, it's going to be it's going to mark a difference that if you just Think it over and do and, and and start and wait for that perfect time or that perfect solution to make it happen. So, so in other words, 
being agile means that you need to, uh, from my perspective, I think, uh, you need to, to, to bring out the solution, even though potentially be not the best solution, but you need to respond. And that simple response, according to the expectation of, of everybody else is, it's happening is going to help you as a leader. Uh, because remember, well, we live in, 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 in a generation, what I call the now generation. And that really, and, and, and everybody wants it now. And so, uh, you need to take that into your set of capabilities to be becoming a, a good leader. I think. How do you know when a leader is being agile? Well, the first thing that, that I know when, when I am being agile or not is that the problem does not present a game in the same shape or form. Uh, in a, so soon. So let me, let me rephrase that. When somebody comes to me and, and sets up a, a problem or, or a challenge, let's call it like that. And, uh, and I react in a way that I think it's agile or fast. And then that problem doesn't come to me like in the next day or two. For me, I did something to solve that problem in a way that is going to satisfy the need of whoever is coming to me. That does not mean that it can't generate additional problems or challenges. But then again, those challenges need to be treated in an agile way to make sure that, that you're solving the problem. It's like, like, uh, testing, testing something, uh, I call it test and grow. So, uh, test and grow with knowledge of the problem or the situation. So you come up to a point that, that you, that you, somebody, so in, in, in my office, they come to, with me with a problem of, of saying, we have this challenge. We cannot, uh, launch the new product in time because of, uh, budget constraints or, uh, or, uh, you know, communication issue or something that it's, that it's preventing my team to just get it solved, right? So immediately I need to, uh, think about fast and agile ways so they can, find solutions. And, and typically the leader, the agile leader, leader, what it needs to do is to, to, to find the solutions, uh, not to solve their problems, but to help them help my, my members or my team members in this case, find ways of how can they become, uh, and, and how can they solve the problem in a, in an efficient way. So that is, that is for me a, a way of presenting uh, several options for them to, so they can become and, and overcome that problem. Sorry. Now, sometimes you can yeah. find a solution, but it only affects the aspect that you control. And then you have the outside aspect, whether it's someone else in the organization or it's a client, and you can't control their behavior. That's outside your ability. How does that impact your ability to be an agile leader? Well, um, 
this happens to us all the time. So we're when we're interacting with uh, with uh, well, first of all, Elena. Now that 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 I have to tell you that you're never in control, not even with your team, because in the end, talking about the 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 team that being a leader. I mean, after 15 years of having my company founding it, I know that that trying you to solve and control everything is not going to get you there in the long run. You need to understand that you don't have control now. Having said that, the you need to set up alternatives for your team inside to make sure that they react in a way that they present alternatives and they can have and they can bring a possibility of solutions to a potential problem. And and in that I have seen that our clients value a lot. We because we don't have the solution. We have alternatives so they can test them and make sure that uh, that they are the right solutions for them, right? So um having that mind process of of just understanding it is not under your control and and that your job as a leader and as a vendor or a, a partner to your client is to present solutions and alternatives of how you can succeed and make and make a difference in whatever is it that you're 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 facing so if i understand correctly part of being an agile leader is responding quickly and then if that response isn't perfect, which we know in life, few things are perfect, yes. responding yet again. Exactly. That is correct. Yes, that's that's how it has worked for me, and, 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 and I believe it's so. What do you say to those folks who fear that by responding quickly, they might make a mistake? Okay. So... It's a typical thing that happens all the time. Uh, and uh, what I like to think is to, to see it with a different perspective. So let's say that you're faced with a, with a problem and, uh, and you're afraid to start a new business or engaged into the launching of this new product and you don't know. I mean, you have all the information in the market. You know that it's going to be a success but you really don't know and you're waiting for the right moment or the right time to launch it, right? So uh, you decide that you're going to wait until you have more information or you're going to wait until uh, until you have the right budget. And, and so stop right there. And I'm going to just question the minds and, and I'm going to play a little bit with the, with the psyche of ourselves. How do we approach life? And there's, I mean, in internet, you have all these sorts of things that tell you that, that why wait to be happy until my son comes out of school or until I have that money to go on vacation? You need to start being happy now. And that completely changes the perspective. So I leave by that motto. You do it now and you approach and you Use whatever is it within your reach at that time because you know you, you're not going to have it next. So taking that philosophy and applying it to the fast response in launching a product, well, you might as well just launch it. You're never going to know if it's going to be a success or not 
until you try it. And guess what? Nowadays, people change so much with the digital era. They, they, they now are faithful to your brand and to your product. And then later on, they just change and migrate. So you need to learn and you need to adapt and be flexible to the product or to the, to, to, to anything. Coming back to the example of launching a product to understand who's your client. What's your customer? What are, what, what are their needs? What are they thinking this week? And how are they going to think next week? So, so by launching something that is not perfect, you are winning because you're learning about how did the client accept it well? That are using if they are using it as often as they if you wanted them to use them, uh, or if it's giving the results that you hoped it would give. So, uh, and and then if not, you make changes. And 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 I get it because some some of you might, might think it's well, I'm talking about a, a product that I cannot change. It's just I'm going to put it into production and and and. And whether they're going to like it or not, it's 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 a it's a bargain. I mean, and and that is that is scary. But but I can tell you that you're not going to do anything out of the blue. Just okay, let's do it. You need to do your homework and do some research before. And once you have your research and you have enough information to support the fact that you're going to do it, then you you start and, and, and you just push yourself and you do it and you try to do it fast because the faster. So imagine that you have a client A and you know that you are going to touch base with him seven times until you get it right, right? Whether if it's a service or if it's a product, right? So the faster, the sooner you get to your client A with several alternatives of solutions, the faster you will get to the end result. And if you are not starting the process yet, I guess it's going to be very difficult for you to get it right the first time. So you need to test and grow, and you need to let go of the fear of uh, having that courage of just just going and doing it. It makes me think a little bit about the author who sits on his manuscript for 30 years, exactly. perfecting and tinkering and wanting it to be perfect and never publishes because he or she is afraid of mistakes, of what people will say. So I think what I'm hearing you say is do your homework, do everything that you need to do to be confident, but then don't sit on it. Move. Exactly. You need to go go and, and, and just execute because if, if you just plan and plan and plan, you're never going to – it's going to be a success. You don't know until you try it. It's uh, not going to help you more to to – to find out more if they're going to really like it. They already told you that they did. Yeah, but, you know, so, and this is my take on this, huh? So let's say that you you have this product, you have the information, and it's well taken, and you're launching it. But then you say, yeah, but we didn't, I didn't, you know, I didn't take on the the Hispanic market. I, should we do more research or, um, you know, Women, they're very important to engage with this kind of product. Shouldn't we just wait a little bit more and find out if they're going to really buy it? 
For me, those are excuses that you are afraid to make a mistake. And guess what? You're going to make it. You're going to have hurdles, and that is normal. But you have to do it, and you have to do it. The sooner you do it, it's, I mean, it's like going to a doctor, your, your annual checkup. The sooner you find out if you need to do exercise, the better. We always wait until, no, 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 and, and I do it, and I'm saying it because of me, right, in this case. But you always wait until, no, wait, I'm not going to do the physical this year until I'm, like, running for a month. And then then the doctor's going to say, yeah, you're right. And then I never start, and then I never go, and then I'm going to have a heart attack. No, I mean, touching wood on that. But just the same happens when you are launching a product and when you're facing something that the the sooner you do it, better and then if you do make a mistake and you're saying of course you will then you also respond quickly and adjust so maybe you go after those market segments that you were describing earlier in the hypothetical example but now you're up and running and you just move quickly is that the, the concept exactly you 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 reinvent yourself or the product, or you make the, the necessary changes and you launch it again, and again, and again, and again. It cannot be, I mean, if you have the information that it has some kind of success out there in the market, and you know that for a fact, you just need to tweak it and, and just make sure that you adapt it to the different situation, either can be seasonal or can be uh, by target audience, can be by my media channel, depending on what products are you launching. So, yeah. You need to react fast, and I, I rather have 20 interaction in a three-period of time to make sure that it's perfect than two and take six months, you know? Now, you talked about change and why it's important to stay with the change as part of this responding quickly. Tell us a little bit more about change and do you think that it's always been like that or do you think that the business environment has more change today than it used to well uh i think that change is it has been there every time uh, but now life is more competitive and uh and if you really want to make it to the top in whatever industry you are in, you need to challenge yourself and embrace change as the norm. So change takes you to a place of discomfort because you're not familiar with the situation you are in, the situation you were a year ago or a month ago or a day ago. And, and that change has to be part of your DNA. Embracing the change, being flexible and adapting to whatever it is that, that, that you want to solve. So if you're in business and you mean business and you need to understand your clients very good. And once you have that, you need to be flexible and say, okay, now that I understand how you work, let me work, you know, from, from that concept to re-engineer myself or my business in order to provide that service to you. And be aware that you you are going to change and your need is going to change. And I need to be flexible to change with you. If not, I am going to lose. And you are going to lose, right? Because we are both trying to be competitive in this market. If you're a B2B 
uh, operator, you need to help your client succeed with their client. And if you're a direct consumer, you need to understand clients, why they come to you and prevent them from going anywhere else. Because remember, the business, one business is successful after the fifth time they come and purchase from you. I mean, it varies from industry. But my point is that it's not the first sale what's important. It's what they keep them coming to you for whatever. If it's a product or it's a service, you need to make sure that that, that continuance it, it, it's it's happening, and and it only happens if they know that when you approach them, you know that you have what is out there, and it's the latest thing, and it's uh, and it's up to date. If you are not growing with the change and adapting, then it's you're going to become irrelevant in time. Change brings a lot of anxiety to people in general and certainly in the corporate environment. You know, there's a famous saying, nobody was ever fired for hiring IBM. And it's not just IBM, but essentially nobody was ever fired for hiring or working with the known quantity, even if it's not on the leading edge of what's going on, technology or whatever the trends are. The safe bet historically has been what companies have gone with, and it's small businesses that drive technology and trends and innovation. So how do you deal with that? Because in the corporate environment, historically, change isn't unwelcome. Yes, for sure. And it's going to be always a problem in big corporations. Because everybody, like you say, they want their security. And they feel that they're going to take a risk if they try the new, the small. And and and, 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 and if you call it a way, it's like having an entrepreneurial spirit type of, uh, of, of personality. But, but guess what? Companies are changing. I mean, uh, in one-to-one, uh, uh, we are constantly, as a small business, we're connecting with big corporations, you know, Amazon, uh, uh, Unilever, Hershey's, and, and all these corporations, they are aware that this is happening. And the new startups from the consumer packaged goods, for example, they're – they're making a huge success and they're, they're, they're giving them headaches at the, the shelves. And if they don't adapt that entrepreneurial, uh, spirit and culture within their company, they're gonna, eventually they're gonna lose. So, um, so I have seen in numerous occasions that they, they infer, not infer, they inject or they, they, they blend in into their corporate culture the the change and specifically the entrepreneurial mind and spirit to to take a risk and to and to make a difference uh this corporations have learned they've been there forever and they know what they're doing but the speed of the changes the market is bringing is just going beyond their their control so that's why they're looking so they they are aware and it's not going to be overnight, but they are changing. I mean, they are starting to do this. So if you're out there in your business and you're trying to, to, to make a difference in big corporations and try to, you know, to get an opportunity, just go out there and search. Everybody is 
now adopting this kind of a culture of of go and and be flexible. I mean, there's even a, a, a project management structure that normally you in Silicon Valley you use it. I'm, I'm not very familiar with it uh, because it's not part of our industry, but but I know it's the the agile system, which is a method in which or philosophy or call it in, in which you get a lot of the hierarchical decision taking and making and so you assemble teams in a way that they can they can they can own the relation the, the responsibility of certain activities and they launch that into specific groups and they're testing that in the consumer packaged goods industry and you know this dot coms they're because they need to react fast and imagine okay send it to the supervisor and that is going to send it to the to the boss and the boss to the director and and then it's going to take forever no that has to that has to change it has to be almost from the stage, the bottom stage, all the way to the consumer or all the way to the client, eliminating all those unwanted and and and, and unneeded processes and time spent and that. So, so I would invite everyone listening to your podcast to really re-challenge themselves, their companies, their to 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 think outside the box and 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 become and become uh, nimble, become. Uh, uh, you know, uh, light and and be and take take all the knowledge you have and put it in the right direction and and and, and just structure yourself as a as a as a as a startup, not a startup, but they call it startups, but a small company that can easily, without any you know hierarchical uh, processes, come up with solutions. And, and help move the company one step further every day. Okay, but you can do that when you have a small company and you're in charge. How do our listeners who may not be the boss and so they don't have that nimbleness within their fingertips, or perhaps they are the boss, but they're interacting with clients in an environment where there is a hierarchy and where these decisions go have to go through all the layers that you just described. So it's possible that small entrepreneurial firms and especially environments like Silicon Valley can easily embrace this agile leadership concept. But for many people who are out there, certainly in academia, and in established businesses that have been around for a long time, if mm-hmm. you are working in that environment or if you are dealing with people who are in that environment, change is unwelcome. Sometimes studies tell us that people will continue with something that they don't like, even something that is painful, rather than risking change. So how can people who are facing that situation themselves or interacting with people who are loath to change, what can they do to prompt some of these suggestions that you're making? Okay, so the first thing you need to do for me, if I were in that situation, uh, is really go to the mirror and say, do you really want to change or is just hearing all this podcast and all this 
mumbo jumbo about changing and being better, or you're very good in your comfort zone. So that is the first question you need to do, right? So it's like when when America became independent. Do you really want to go through this, or do we just keep being part of the British, right? So it's something like that. You need to take things to all seriousness and make sure that you really want to do that change. So if you want to really make that change, the next thing is to, like, would you do any other project? You will gather information of the trends that are out there. You will you will talk to your competitors or the leading companies that are doing this kind of change and, and, and try to learn more of how they did it. So do your research, get your facts together, present a project, and take it to your boss. That's that's how I would do it. And if you uh, so you're that I, either if you're in academia or if you're in uh, in in a corporation that's been there forever, you have to do that. So hey, listen, we already gone through the fact that you went to the mirror and you said yes, I'm gonna do it, right? Okay, so and if that doesn't work, what? Then you quit. Then you quit and you look for a company that offers that. But that's where uncomfort comes. That's where, well, I don't really want it that bad enough. And if you don't really want it that bad enough, then you don't really want it. And then change is not going to happen. So I would invite to just think it over. And if you really want to do it, then Gather information, sell it, and if not, look for a company that is looking out there for that. So in, in this corporate world, there are companies that are very global, and they're appreciative of the changes, and they want to make it in this capitalist world. And there are others that just stay there and be – so question yourself. Do you really want that change for you? Then you need to look for a match of a company that that that, that makes, you know, good chemistry together. How do you inspire the people around you to embrace this change? Well, first of all, I do it by example. So I just, I just do it and I, in full transparency, I just show and, and I put my money where my mouth is. Uh, and, and, and that is one thing, right? So, uh, so whenever I, I feel that I, I'm in a comfort zone. I have a peers, group peers that, 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 that help me get this, get this out of the way. So, uh, typically I would recommend, uh, people that they do the same. You need to have coaches. You need to have, it doesn't have to be paid co- coaches. You can have mentors. You can have, but somebody, and we all have that. We have people that we, we like to have. We like to spend time with them when we go to watch a football game. And then there's other people that we want to spend time with when we're working. And when we're, and, and typically you, you become the people who are you with. So, uh, so how I inspire them, I just, when I'm around people, I try to make the environment so aligned of what my beliefs are so they can look in every direction and they can say, oh yeah, so this is the only way and this is the way we do it here. So let's go ahead and do it. And that's because inspiration can come from one individual, but it's going to come five minutes. And then the day to day, your colleague next door, you know, it's going to have to be 
the same type of atmosphere in order for you to to thrive and to to make a difference, right? What are the advantages of this agility? For example, I understand that agile leadership might lead to greater creativity and innovation. Do you think that's true? Uh, eventually, yes, but not at first. So eventually, yes. So creativity, talking about that specifically, I remember that, well, mm, I've been in, in, in so in, in, in my company, in one-to-one, we service a lot of, uh, of big corporations and, and we help them launch products and we, and we help them build at some point some kind of creativity around that. And to my knowledge, I have never re- recall a project that we have done that, that the creativity came up the first round, the first round and the first time around. So, so it, 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 it always has been test and grow, test and grow, and then it all starts with something, and then and then you you tweak it, and then tweak it, and then you start tweaking it, and then it transform to eventually something great or greater than the first idea, right? So um, the creativity by itself, a one great idea, it's not enough. You need to have the perspective. Not only from the creative side in an agency, you need to have the perspective of everybody involved in that idea. If it's in academia, a, a new course of anything, it's not just having the idea, let's do this. It's executing, and the execution is going to help you build that creativity on that initial uh, idea that you had. And so, coming answering your point... Speed will help you tackle that creative project and take it to fruition and make sure that it becomes that bigger idea, greater than just one idea, faster than if you just have one idea and take like forever. You know, if you, if you tweak it and test it, it's going to help more, right? So if, you can see out their products in the in, on the shelves uh, as a consumer, not as a professional, as a consumer, and they're changing all the time, right? They're changing, and, and, and you know, you have toothpaste with lemon, and now with scope, and now with uh, baking soda, and, and every time you go to the supermarket and you see that aisle, you, you it seems like, come on, they're just adding new things. Just remember, next time you go to the to that supermarket aisle, go and look for that toothpaste that never innovated and that's been there forever. Still have that space on the shelf, but it's right there. And I'm, I don't know, but, and I'm not familiar with, uh, with right now we don't have any brands directly involved with the toothpaste aisle, but I assure you that the ones that are innovating and coming up with ideas and being more creative, those are having more success than the ones that just stayed with the basic and did not uh, innovate more. And if you ask the users, they would say, nah, this is not as creative. It's just a typical toothpaste, and that's it. So, And, and I'm talking about the general market. 
because, of course, you have the baby boomers that would say, I, I would like my product that were better before. And you have the, the X generations and the, uh, you know, the, the, the Z generations and, and they will want something new every time because they, they, they just want innovation as part of their lives. They just don't like to be still in, in a place for like too long. And that's how the market reacts and responds. Does this apply across the board to everything? Meaning you've mentioned products several times, but of course we have Okay. Uh, you, we have situations where you have a product service hybrid and you yep. have situations where you have just a service. Do these concepts of agility, innovation, creativity are they applicable across the board in the same way regardless? I would have to say for sure. And do you know why, Elena? It's because who is the consumer? A human being. And human beings like to innovate. They just like to innovate. So um, they like the routine. So they like, you know, they like security. They want to be safe. But they get bored. We get bored. So we have to always find new ways without losing, so without influencing in a negative way the outcome. Always either keeping it or extending or betting in it yet. So, so through market research, if you're a law firm, so I, I have a, I have a, a friend that has a business that it's in law and, and, and they, they, uh, they run an untypical way of, of, uh, of managing their services. So you go into their website and, uh, he was telling me and I was like astonished because I said, really? I thought you called the lawyer and they, no, they go into the website, they reserve, they, they, they had a lot of investment in e-commerce. So they, they get a lot of clients through that medium, and then they make the reservations online. They're, they have meeting rooms, and the meeting rooms are online. They're connected, so you can pretty much reserve there, and you can choose the lawyer you want, and then you just go there and have a meeting, and you can either have it physical or through Skype or any kind of telecommunication. And And I was like, are you kidding me? This is something I never thought it was possible. I mean, I am, I am a, a, a Gen X and, and, and for me, it's the typical way of calling the lawyer and how much do I owe you type of thing, but not e-commerce. So, so it is happening. The change is happening in every industry and whoever is, is dialed, is dialed up and, and dialed in and saying, I want that change. I am doing speedy results and it all starts with one thing and then that one thing takes you to another and another and it's not like the change is going to happen you need to react in every direction from the core you need to be convinced that change is needed but but you need to start making a plan and start just reacting and making sure that you have that speed as part of everything within your company especially when you're leading. Tell us about diversity within that speed model. 
Do people of diverse backgrounds embrace speed more readily than not? And also, how do you make sure that you're sensitive to issues of diverse groups across the board when you are being agile in your responses? Because it requires additional thinking to be sensitive to diversity issues, as we know. Yes, uh, I, I believe, I personally believe and have seen that the diverse groups typically are the ones that are more sensitive and they want to change. So, uh, as a minority in the United States, uh, you, uh, so you're equal to change. You are like, you want things to change because the modus operandi of, of, of the current situation, that's why you're a minority. Right. So you want that. You don't want to be a minority by nature. You want to belong to a larger group and you want to be respected and you want to be uh, to 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 be so you can put your hand up and and you can have an opinion. So uh, what I've seen uh, that companies that tend to be more uh, globally, you know, uh, structured are the ones that are embracing this speed into their uh, bloodstream and DNA faster than, than than the more conservative ones that they are not inclusive. So um, so that of course if, if it's a good starting point, Helena. If you really want to start this change in your company, start thinking diverse uh, and and get get some get some more diversity in your company, and that itself is going to help you pump it up, and it's going to make more sense. Uh, remember, how do you inspire people to change? Make the environment and they live in a, a place where they can, where they can feel that they are making a difference and they are looking in every direction and that is happening. So it can possibly be that a solution. I'm not sure we have to see each company independently, but but I have seen that uh, diversity will help an organization. And, of course, to be careful or not, you always have to be careful nowadays with everything. So uh, you need to just put it in your DNA and make sure that, that you're always careful about everything, not only with change, but with everything. And especially with this, uh, just keep it at the front of your priorities and make sure that you don't step in anybody's toes and, 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 and follow a policy, the policy that your company has through, through, um, towards the, the diverse group that, uh, that might be participating in your company to, to the daily activity. So yeah, I, I think definitely would help. How can our listeners gauge whether they're being an agile leader or not? Are they being fast enough? Are they adapting to change quickly enough? Are there questions? This is some sort of a self-test that they can give themselves. They can sit down and say, well, I've done A, B, and C, and that's fast enough. How can you go from leader to agile leader? Okay. So um, I think that like everything, Human beings, we need to have some kind of a measure, so a quantitative way of learning how the development is coming up. 
because if you just leave it on, on quality, qualitative and say, yeah, yeah, I, I am more agile. And, 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 and possibly, and, and my point is not to, uh, so if you're, a, if you're going to have a case in court to say, okay, I'm going to do it in a week. It's not possible. No, but in, instead of, you know, the typical time frame for me reacting with the, with the client, it would be like, I don't know, uh, four weeks. Well, Let's put a target this and let's take it to three. What it needs to happen. And then you get that mindset coming over and you're in, in your structure and you say, let's reduce the time. Let's challenge ourselves. What it needs to happen. And then see, uh, think and how can you facilitate more, uh, to your team to make sure that they can facilitate again to everybody else and, and, and to make sure that it happens faster and sooner. So the, the the fast word doesn't mean in one hour. I mean, we at one-to-one have that philosophy. We we do it fast and faster than the competitors and faster of what they are expecting as our clients, right? So we we tend to always, if it's a website, we do it in less time. If it's uh, uh, some tweaks for a uh, design, we do it in hours, and that really generates the wow factor into our clients. So whatever industry you are in, if you really want to embrace that change and you want to become a, 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 an agile leader, you need to make sure that, that you measure yourself and say, okay, these I'm going to measure myself and towards my, my teeth, my staff, towards my, uh, uh, my clients and towards my community. Those three aspects. And I'm going to see the word speed and agile, what does that mean in each different category? And start from there and make a plan and just go ahead and start implementing it and, and make sure to do it every single day. I mean, there's a, there's a book out there that is called Traction that I, that I read and is very, very nice, uh, very useful if you really want to implement a growth mode in your company doesn't talk specifically about speed or anything, but, but it's, it's just to get a grip on your, on your company and your business and, and start, start doing, doing things in a way that, that are consistent and that are, uh, team wise that makes sense, right? And, and, and that you're walking with your leadership team in the right direction. And how do you know if you're doing that correctly? Is there some way that you can look at the situation and say, okay, this is fast enough, this is too fast, this is too slow? How can you tell? Mm, well, are you talking about how can somebody tell if that somebody's doing or if I can tell if somebody else is doing it fast? Well, if – our listeners want to become agile leaders, which is what you're recommending. Yeah. How can they gauge for themselves whether they are being agile enough or whether they're moving too fast or too slow? Well, they need to establish those metrics. And, uh, and so when you come and say, for example, with – with uh, uh, with your clients, and you say that normally delivery time of my services, or we normally invoice four hours for this amount of work. 
why don't we do it in three hours? Okay? And, and, and without, so that would be like the, the, the quantitative part of saying doing it faster, right? Number one. Number two, how can I add value for that hour in something else that I can give value to my client? So in the end, that the invoice is the same, but I am more productive and I can give more to my client and it's not going to cost me more. So in that way, I am thinking of uh, how can I be faster without diminishing? Because one thing happened to, to us about five years ago. We were like, okay, so let's do this fast and we need to react. The client needs it and let's give that wow factor and have it in less time. So we start doing that and guess what? Our invoice, our invoicing was shorter each month and I'm like, okay, so now we're going to do, we're, we're invoicing less and less every month. What's going on? So what we did is that, uh, we were not giving exactly the deliverables as the client was expecting. Um, we were delivering faster, but, but, we, they needed that extra effort in order to provide more, uh, in this case was more views of the product, more deliverables to make the decision. So they wanted us in this particular case, just to get my point across, we wanted to do the display in, in, so we charged whatever, four hours to do a render, a digital rendering of a, of a product facing just one face and that's it. Right. So what we did, we started to charge half of that or or 70 percent of that. So we delivered the same item, but but the client was not. Wow. They did, so they said, you, you got it faster. But yeah, OK, that's good. That's fine. And we were invoicing less. So we found out through research after testing it out, like I'm saying, test it and grow it. Uh, that they wanted more views. So the side view, the back view, and the down and up view. And so we did that. We, 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 we returned to our original price, but we gave them more. So, and they were happy and they were like, wow, yeah, this is what we were looking for. And they didn't know that they want that. So, and, th- and this all came from an initiative from us to say, let's, let's deliver it faster because they wanted it. They wanted it, they didn't say that they wanted it faster directly, but they said, I need it for tomorrow. <laughs> so we had to comply and we had to deliver. So, uh, but then again, it started coming and coming and coming. And, and, and in the end, for this example, we, we delivered more options in the same time. So that's being faster because you're doing things in a speedy way. So in your industry, whatever you're doing, Challenge yourself and see and, and take a look at how you can become and how can you establish a, a, a system that measures that uh, in a way that you can evaluate objectively yeah, your development towards that goal. Right. So and, and, and if you so if you really go into your meeting room with your team and you say, can we do it faster? No. OK. No, no, okay, let's go, bye-bye, the meeting is finished. Well, I would, then I would say, then you don't need it, then you don't have to change, and you're good where you're at. Then I would advise 
to go into the mirror again and say, do we, I really want to change or not? If not, then it's fine. Comfort zone. All the way. Good. When is it too fast? When is it too fast? When you cannot control, when, when you don't have enough information and you decide to move forward knowing that you could end up in failure. That was too fast. You need to make sure at least to the best of your ability that you have all the information to make a good decision, a fast decision that is going to help you move further. So, in other words, if I say, yes, we already have the product and let's just launch it, but I know that it's a racket, right, or whatever, and it does not have the net, but I don't care. They can choose it, but, yeah, they can choose a color and just put it like that. But you know that they want, they need the net, and you know that you were not ready with the basic information. So you didn't have an answer from the consumer. You don't have information, and you still launched it. Then you become so co-creator of your failure because it was it was too fast. But I wouldn't say too fast. It was it was um, it was launched without the proper information. Just you did it without being aware of the problem that you were going to cause, or. In some cases, you were aware, and you still did it. You know that you were missing that power of information, and you just went ahead and do it. So that is not good. So my advice would be do faster to get all the information, and once you have that all the information, just launch it or do it. You mentioned the book Traction. Are there other books that you would recommend to our listeners who want to better understand this concept of agile leadership or websites or other resources, perhaps other leaders who embrace the idea of agile leadership? What would you suggest? Mm, well, as a, as, a, as a one book that worked wonders for me and gave me uh, still gives me a lot of perspective every time I, I, I go and dig into chapter two. It's a book by Robin Sharma, and it's uh, The Leader Who Had No Title. It teaches you a whole bunch of uh, uh, of, uh, of things about leadership that it really makes a difference. And uh, and the one is it's called Traction. I think it's, uh, let me see, I have it here. It's do you know, yeah, it's, uh, what was it? It's, it's traction. Uh, get a grip on your business. Uh, Gino, oh my God, I cannot read the, the, the title here, but Gino Weekend is, uh, is the author. So that is going to help you also moving in the right direction in an agile way, uh, having the same information across all your leadership team and just moving forward. Those are the two books that I would recommend for sure. Are there any websites or uh, leadership groups, anything else where people can get additional information on this concept of agile leadership? Well, as a, as a, as a, as a, um, as you know, packed in the agile leadership, no, 
I think that uh, peer groups are out there all over the place, and they are uh, very entrepreneur, and 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 so I I've heard of of, of uh, you know YPOs, uh, they are constantly you know pushing you to come up with new alternatives. EO for founders and entrepreneurs, YPO for executives that that are in leadership roles, and uh, and just outreach locally. Uh, I mean, here in, in, in Maryland, in Bethesda, I, I see all the time in, in, in communities that are reaching out through meetups and go to meetup, try to find the right kind of people and, and just connect there and, and, and build something. Because I tell you, pe- people that go to meetups, they, they just don't go because they don't have anything to do. They want to grow and you want to be around them. You want to be around those kind of people to challenge you and, 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 and to make you a better individual. Right. And, uh, uh, yeah, that, that would be my recommendation. Thank you, Francisco Serrano, for joining us from Potomac, Maryland. And to our audience, you have been listening to Francisco Serrano, who is CEO of 121. Please share your suggestions, questions, and ideas by leaving a comment on the HispanicNPR.com website. If you or someone you know would like to be on the show, you can email me directly at editor at HispanicNPR.com. That's editor at HispanicNPR.com.